Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another edition of Nickish. It is Saturday, March 6th. You got your boys, Mo and Afi, here talking about the Knicks, NBA, and I don't know, whatever else comes to mind. This isn't one of those episodes where we have a clear direction where we're going. We're just going to go off the dome here. What's going on, man? How you feeling this morning? Or afternoon, rather. for life, bro. That's a beautiful metaphor for life, my brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of those things where we ain't got a clear direction where we're going. Sounds like the year 2020 and beyond, really. Yep. But uh, doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, all-star weekend. We got three guys to expect. We got R.J. Barrett, Toppin, Randall, obviously. And the Knicks are over 500, Major. so what's there to be upset about these days? That's a fact, man. I mean... Let's take a minute to at least just like savor that a little bit. It's been we haven't had this kind of representation All Star Weekend. I mean, the biggest quote unquote party in the NBA in a minute. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of visibility. This is usually right around the time when casuals start to tune in to the NBA basketball. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, I know mad people that be like that. Yo, I don't start paying attention to like the All Star game, and then like I start, you know, I tune in for the end of the season, big primetime games and the playoff stuff. So that means. A lot of eyes on gonna, is going to be on Knicks players. Um, we got RJ, rising star. Um, he was he wasn't worthy of all rookie team last year, but suddenly he's a rising star. Um, J, uh, Julius Randle, obviously representing at the All Star game, getting his networking on, getting some of these star players to like you know see what's get you know what's going on in New York. And then we got IQ. Oh no, we know IQ's not up there. That's, no, that's that the yeah. the biggest snub that you just mentioned. Not in the Rising Stars Challenge. She's third in rookie voting right now, or, or you know, highest chance of being rookie of the year. Killing it every game mm-hmm. in limited minutes, and he wasn't picked to be in the Rising Stars game. That don't make any Fucking sense. Bullshit. He better make an all rookie team because like these rookies, aside from Lamelo, you know, ain't looking too hot. Wiseman, he started off nice. I know that you know you and I talked offline about how it's been tough to like really tune into a lot of NBA games, but I definitely had a chance to see Wiseman a good bit um, in the in those Warriors games I was getting, like, national play. And he looked decent, but then, you know, I think he got hurt and he got benched one or the other in some order of that. But, yeah, aside from LaMelo, IQ's the rookie of the year, you know what I mean? Um, just the fact that he's not a rising star. You know, if this was any other year, if, if, this was a, if this was, like, last year, we would be pissed, you know what I mean? If, this, if IQ was playing like this last year, if we had him as a rookie last year, we would be hella pissed because we didn't have much else going for us, obviously, because we was a losing team. But, you know, it's tough to get even too annoyed about IQ not make the rising stars. It's like kind of a superficial acknowledgement, really. But yeah. it would it would have been nice for him to get some recognition like that. But, but for our other rookie, just, yeah, yeah, go, 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 our go. Other rookie Obi Toppin, though, dunk contest, I feel like he's a favorite coming in. You got you got Anthony Simmons of the Blazers. You got Cassius Stanley of the Pacers, who honestly, I don't know who that guy is. Um, and you got Obi Toppin. If you look up, honestly, if you look up the slam dunk contest right now, I feel like every every picture of the of an article about the slam dunk contest is about Toppin because we all knew coming into the draft, if if Obi Toppin is anything, he's a dunker. He knows how to dunk the ball. And we've seen a couple of plays throughout the season um, with little snippets snippets and teases of how well Obi Toppin can dunk. 
kid got power. So Facts. it's nice to see that he might be he might be the favorite going in. It's a shame that our point guards haven't been able to feed him so much. And yeah. We, we had a conversation with Legion and Nick's on Nick Knight. For our listeners that haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. He dropped some knowledge there. But he was making a point about Lonzo, where we had a conversation about Lonzo. And I wanted to chime in. Didn't get a chance because we had pivoted in the conversation. But Lonzo, one of the benefits, if we were to like bring him on board, is like he's a great fast-break player. But we see Obi, you know, fucking doing his leak out. You know, I mean, he's trying to run in transition to get those leak out dunks. He... Nobody's been able to feed him consistently, you know what I mean? So I think Lonzo would help us in that regard. But, yeah, back to the dunk contest, I think Obi's going to run away with it. Um, I, I was looking at the list, too. Anthony Simons I'm kind of familiar with just because he's on the Blazers. Yep. He's like their their prize. Well, he was a rookie last year, I think, but mm-hmm. he's one of their prize young players. Um, but Cassius Stanley, I was like, who? But I saw mad NBA writers or college writers saying how, like, he went to Duke. He was known for, like, freakish athleticism and dunks and shit. So even if he's not really a good player, he's like James White in that regard. Remember him? The biggest yeah, Knicks dunk James contestant White. disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the hype for him was crazy. They was talking about this man like he was a legend. And he just went out there and he put on the most poverty dunk contest performance I've ever seen with these two eyes. Like, <laughs> I mean, that first dunk he did, if you watch in slow-mo, it's pretty cool. It looks like he's flying or like he's, like, walking in air. But I think, but, but he had mad like uh, attempts though, did he not? Like, yeah, that that's the thing. thing. He had mad attempts, and I forgot who else yeah. was there. I think that was a, was that the Blake Griffin year. Um, it was definitely the fifty four win season. So that was like twenty twelve. Yeah, and I Blake think Blake was a rookie twenty eleven, twenty ten. Yeah, so that was a year before. But Blake was out for yeah. a year, so I think he was. In, that was a twenty twelve. I don't remember who was there afterwards, but um. Yeah, James Flight White. He was a legend where in China. I, I I forgot where he did the dunk contest, but everywhere apparently. Oh, the D League. It was the D League back then, uh, international dunk contest, and everybody was talking about how like they would talk about him in mythological terms. He's like, yo, <laughs> he can't play for shit, but yo, his dunks. <laughs> That's when I knew I was like, okay, now nah, I gotta take notice. Like he's literally not getting any credit as a ball player, but his dunks though. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's literally that that was his livelihood, and it's not a surprise that after that. He never played an NBA again. <laughs> that was, like, no, no shots at James White because like, I think he's he's active on Twitter. And he seems like a cool dude, but I don't know. We could call a spade a spade. So we're just generally hoping Obi, Obi don't look like that, and I don't yeah. think he will. He's I think he got a lot in the bag, and yo, know, I hope Loki. I don't know if what the COVID protocols are. It probably won't happen. But if this is a regular year, his dad definitely would have been like there, probably as like a prop. You know what I mean? Or something like that. Something to do with his, his dad. dad's so, legend, um, legendary. Dunker. Yeah, because I because I think Obi was saying in interviews like his dad was like a legendary dunk contest contestant on the you know street hoop circuit and the playground and shit, and he could do a lot of what his dad used to do. So I'm expecting him to pull out some pretty cool or slick shit. You know what I mean? On the dunk contest. Yeah. Now, when is the Rising Stars game? Is it is it happening this year? I, I know they nah, got their rosters, but it's not happening, right? It's not happening. So they just did literally just did the roster to like give acknowledgement. Yeah. So in that purpose, it doesn't make any sense. It makes even less sense that IQ wasn't picked. You know what I mean? They're not even gonna have a game. Yeah. <laughs> At least put his name there. Right. <laughs> but I guess for everyone else's knowledge on when the other challenges are, skills challenge. Everything's happening on Sunday. So six thirty is a skills challenge. Our own Julius Randall will be participating. That's that's gonna be awesome to see. Shout out to to Randall. Um, along with Robert Covington, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, shit, uh, Sabonis, Robert and Nikola Robert Covington Bucinich. being in that shit is 
Was that? Robert coming to me and that shit is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> he got skills like that? Like, what the hell? That's the most random skills contestant I've ever seen in my life. Tell me oh, not, bro. I feel like Vucevic was more random than him. I mean, Vucevic has got that European, like, uh, finesse to him. You know what I mean? I could see that That's a little true. bit. All those big dudes from, from, from that kind of part of the world are seem to be high IQ skilled kind of dudes. But Covington, he's like the typical 3 and D. Literally just shoots threes and nothing else. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, and then, so that's at 6.30, and then 7 o'clock, whoops, uh, oh, they're both 6.30, they're back-to-back. You have a three-point contest, and this is this one's going to be pretty good. Uh, you got Jalen Brown, Mike Conley, Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. Uh, obviously, Curry's a favorite. That's at 6.30. Um, Dame, Dame was supposed to be in this, and then he dropped out for some reason. Um, then you got the dunk contest. That's going to be at the halftime show of the All-Star game, obviously. Anthony, Cassius, Stanley, whoever the guy is. I'm, I'm looking forward Cassius. to seeing who this guy is. Cassius. And Obi Toppin. <laughs> and then, obviously, the All-Star game. So Interesting. I mean, you could tell just looking at those lists, it's like they reached out to a lot of other players, and they opted not to join. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you got Jalen Brown in a three-point contest, I know he's having a good year, and his <laughs> shot is looking nicer, but you don't think three-point marksman when you hear Jalen Brown. You know what I mean? So... Um, of the names you listed, though, shout out to Mike Conley. Finally made an all-star game, mm-hmm. and even if he's just a replacement for a replacement. He's replacing Booker, who got picked to replace AD. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he had to go through several layers before he got his, uh, you know, his uh, his spot on the team. But, yo, even if it's overdue, I know people are annoyed. I see DeMar DeRozan throw out, like, a petty tweet. Did you see that? No. He was something along the line, like, oh, the disrespect, you just got to deal with or something like that. Let me pull it up. It's, like, typical ambiguous NBA player shade, but despite I mean, all that, I mean, yeah. this is probably the last year Conley could ever win an all-star, like, spot. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think it was possible because he looked washed last year, bro. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you remember, but his mm-hmm. numbers even just was ugly, and then I would tune in for a game. I was like, this ain't the Mike Conley that I thought was underrated as hell. So right. give, I, I give him kudos, you know what I mean, finally making the team. Yeah, I mean, 14-year NBA vet, and he was, for a long time, he was the best player to have never made an all-star game in the NBA. And uh, right. shout out to him, man. He killed it. The Jazz are killing it this season, and he's a big proponent for why. And it's 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 interesting that Demar Derozan has an issue with <clears> it because Mike Conley's like the nicest guy in the NBA. I think his streak of never getting a tech has continued, and he's always right. getting the award as for the, for the NBA Cares event or the award for being the most uh, you know involved with NBA Cares, and like he right, everybody right. loves him. Um, so I'm yeah, happy. I think for Conley's Conley. like one of those dudes that just feel like he don't even curse on the court. He's just like, gosh darn it, <laughs> <laughs> gosh darn it, ref. He's freaking me. He's freaking fouling me. <laughs> Mike Conley foul <Wait>. scraps. <laughs> <laughs> ah poop. <laughs> ah fudge. <laughs> After like a bad tech. <laughs> uh, you mother father. <laughs> <laughs> Bless H-E them. double <laughs> hockey sticks, ref. Come on now. <laughs> Man, fuck the refs this season, but, though. They'd they be, they be ass this season, bro. It's literally, yo, I didn't think it would be this bad. I thought the old refs, the old cranky motherfuckers was mm-hmm. bad, but, like, I didn't think, like, it could get worse because these, these young refs are both petty and incompetent. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. At least the old refs, they was like, had a reputation of being good at their jobs. You know what I mean? These guys are just, like, newbies, just, like, giving out the weirdest texts because they're sensitive. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know if he's... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, the, the text that... They did back in the day. They're the ones with like millions of views now. Like the, for example, the Tim Duncan laughing, getting ejected out of the game. Like that was a big moment. We that video itself has millions of views. But those kind of petty texts are happening on the regular now, this season. 
Uh, were you about to say the the Montrez tech? Yeah, because he was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if he got some blowback for it. It just seemed kind of like a, a touchy subject, but he kind of had a point. Like his tech, he got a tech from the female ref because he just like. I just said something out loud. It wasn't directed towards her. He just got a tech, and he said something out of frustration. It wasn't like something. That he said. He said and like one. That. He said and one. Yeah, exactly, exactly like that. And then she like took it the wrong way and gave him a tech for that. And I don't want to say it's because she's a female, but it's just like all encompassing because these young refs, male and female, uh, men and women, they're all given these dumb texts. You know what I mean? So I think I hope Montrez didn't get much blowback for that because his overarching point is true. Like these these newer refs seem wild, sensitive, and egotistical. Which is hard to like really um, encapsulate because like refs, the bad refs or the notorious refs are known for being egotistical, but they were they had that clout. That's the thing, you know what I mean? Like Joey Crawford, there's mm-hmm. a reason that like both players both loved and hated him because they respected him. You know what I mean? I don't see any of the refs like that. Well, Trez didn't <laughs> say anything about her being female as a reason, right? He, did, he didn't. He didn't do that, did he? I mean. I should I probably not. have, like, seen the whole clip, but I saw, like, a quote going around. Let's see. I think I spelled Montrez wrong. There's an L in his name, right? Correct. It is a silent L. Montrez. crazy to say, silent L. Okay, yeah, so this is the quote from Baller's Life. All I said was and one, no cursing, no profanity, none of that. And she turned around and gave me a tech because she was in her feelings because she felt like I was too loud with her. I belittled her, belittled her when I was, when we was talking. I don't think that was that bad. I think I mean, it, it, you it, could switch yeah. that between he and she. She just happened to be a woman. <clears throat> but the comments, I, I know which one you're talking about. The comments that came afterwards from other Twitter users were were very uh, you know, sexist and all that. Yeah, it's mad performative because, mm-hmm. like, if you, you know, because Montrez would have said the same shit if it was a guy in that situation. Right. I don't want to sound like a wild misogynist, but it's like that's you could substitute any ref because any ref feels like they're being belittled mm-hmm. when a player is like over demonstrative, which is dumb in itself because we're, they're playing a game at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's gonna be emotions on the court. You know what I mean? Could you imagine we're playing at the park and just like we're not allowed to show any emotions? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know these are professionals, but same concept applies. It's a, Right. No, it's just it's just this season's refs, male or female, doesn't like they're they're all collectively being annoying. Uh, the other yeah. day, what was it? Devin Booker <laughs> bounced past out of frustration, but he didn't do it that hard to a ref. He got a second tech and re- and ejected out of the game in a close game. It was it was midway through the third quarter against the Lakers, no less. And even the Lakers were confused on why he was being ejected. But like some shit got to happen, man. And I know fans are saying in game after game something got to happen, something got to happen, but. Like, they'd be acting the same kind levels of, you know, I don't know what the word is, but yeah. I they'd mean, be annoying. It's definitely, I feel like something's definitely going to have to happen because Silver, more than Stern, seems to, like, go with the tide of popular opinion. Stern mm-hmm. didn't give a fuck. He governed the NBA as he saw it fit. You know what I mean? He embraced being the asshole. Silver generally wants to be liked. He's, like, much more, quote-unquote, liberal, even though he's the fucking boys with Jared Kushner. And we see this entire season kind of goes mm. against that entire idea of him being a woke person. Mm-hmm. They just came back to play because of the money at the end of the day, yep. which I respect. You know what I mean? Capitalism, capitalism, capitalism. That's what it is. But Silver definitely kind of goes with the tide of popular opinion. So I think if there's really this kind of attention on the refs, they don't... Silver's a businessman. He doesn't want his his product to be talked about like in that vein. It should be about the players, not the refs. You know what I mean? And we're in the age of social media where even just five years ago when, like, Joey Crawford and them was active, yeah, they would get some blowback on Twitter, but it wouldn't blow up to the point it would now. You know what I mean? Social media is 
a much different like playing field than it was back then. So yeah, I definitely just hope something comes around. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got um, a good transition from that though. Mm-hmm. If you want me to go ahead, pivot back to the next. No, nah, go ahead. I think you had something to say real quick. No, I was gonna transition too. So let's go. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna. About. The whole thing about demonstrative uh, um, expressions and like uh, behavior on the court. I don't know if you caught this. This article going around, written by one Julius Randall. I was gonna go into he... that too. Yo, same page. <laughs> we on that same I, wavelength. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's what happens when you cool with somebody since like diapers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So Randall put together a well-written piece. He he got the jumper and he's nice with the pen. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I mean, hyper talented Renaissance man. But in that piece, he had a good uh, like kind of excerpt that really hit home. It was mm-hmm. about his son mm-hmm. mimicking him. And, like, mimicking his bad behavior on the court last year where his, you know, I'm not a body language person, but, yeah, there was times, a lot of times last year where Randall just looked like a whiny baby, you know what I mean, like yep. a spoiled kid. Because it was on top of the fact that he's playing selfish and dumb, which this article, if you're a Knicks fan listening right now, which, and you haven't read this article yet, which I doubt, but anyway, if you haven't, go check it out, you know what I mean? Put this shit on pause, really, look up Players' Tribune, Julius Randall, read it right now. It's like a five-minute read, but it's one. Of the, it's one of the best articles I've read all year honestly facts and it's to the point where like i had to like i literally was just like i read it out loud to my girl and she even she it even hit her heart and she's not even nowhere near a basketball fan you mean it's that kind of an article Mm -hmm. like not even to just like be corny about it but really hits home hits at the feelings you know what i mean um but that whole thing was just like it kind of confirmed you know what i mean what all knicks fans thought we all thought he played dumb selfish and like did not live up to being a leader or his contract last year randall I've never seen that kind of self-awareness from a player. He copped to it, too, in that article. He really just came up to it. He was just like, yeah, I was not who I was supposed to be. I took it to heart, and I put in the work, you know what I mean? I embraced the fact that I wasn't a leader or the right player, you know what I mean? He got his numbers, but he didn't make anybody better, you know what I mean? And that was one of the most beautiful parts of that article, bro. I mean, what's your takeaway? Because that's one of my main takeaways. I think I think you hit in the, you know, you hit in the head there when you said self-awareness because that – I. You know, that's exactly what this article showed us because we as content creators and as, you know, uh, people who digest other people's content creation, especially with the Knicks, viewed Randall as that guy who we just speculated that he got the bag and he just assumed that he had to be a leader and put up shots and he had to do this and that. He's playing extremely selfishly. And, you know, a lot of times when we speculate things like that, we're not always correct and we're not. it's not always true. But Randall admitted to it and said that that's exactly how he fought, felt and that's exactly how he thought he should play. And that moment where his kid, like three, four years old, was starting to blame his mom as the quote-unquote ref in their little game that they were playing made him aware of him doing that and how he had to change the game up and how he he had to not just change his game on the court but especially off the court and be a leader. And he there was a nice couple of paragraphs where he basically gave ode to you know, the late and great Kobe Bryant about his work ethic and what he used to do every time he would go to uh, an away game, uh, especially when Randall went home to Dallas in their, in his first away game. That was that was beautiful. Kobe took him. He said, you're not going to your family. You're going straight to the gym right now with me. And then mm-hmm. he did that. And that's just something that he picked up. And he's been doing that this season. He got a we were talking about bully season last season, a team full of dogs. That last season wasn't that. That's this season. We got a season. Here. Right now, with the team, kids full of dogs right now who all want to go to the gym together and work hard together. And to me, 
Like Randall is not the best player in the NBA. He's not even top ten. But he has that person, not just a personality, but that New York City spirit of a guy who got knocked down and had to put himself and rebuild himself and be the best that he could be. That's that New York City spirit that honestly I don't think I've seen that since John Starks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I thought for right. a minute there it would have been Kristaps because he was kind of like that. He was booed to death. He played well, but then it, it all fell apart. But but Randall's doing something different. And honestly, since John Starks, he might be the most New York style player on the Knicks. Um, maybe outside yeah. of Melo too. Yeah. Nah, Melo is Melo's in his own tier. You know what I mean? Because right. the thing I was the comparison with Melo is like Melo came in as already established as that superstar yep. presence. We. Randall committed to us looking to prove himself, but we committed to Randall. The organization did, Scott Perry, and that guy, Steve Mills, you know, he was there. He was in the room, mm. I guess, when Scott Perry was, you know, handling shit. And, you know, they believed in him, and they were just like, yo, we believe you can be much better. We believe in your potential. They gave him that contract because he was, to be fair, he was a consolation prize. I mean, we all wanted KD Kyrie. We all knew that, but he's literally, I said this previously, he's having a season now that we all thought he could have last year. You know what I mean? Because all we was hearing is he's going to be the point forward. You know what I mean? Last year, he was not that. He was a poor man's imitation of what a point forward should be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was like a brawl like Al Harrington at certain points. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shout out to Al Harrington, the the first <laughs> Nick with the headband and number seven jersey before Melo. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, but then this year, he's literally a point forward, bro. He's 23, 11, and 5.5 assists. Is 26. Is what I remember oh, off the top. Oh, uh, 23 years old, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, 23 points, yeah. 11 and a half rebounds. And like assists, six assists and like 42% three. from the three or some shit. Yeah, and I sent you his shot chart, right? Like, yeah. it's crazy the transformation as a player. It's like he went from mostly being assisted, mostly shooting at the rim, you know what I mean, to like this year. He's creating more offense for himself and for his teammates than he ever has before at like an elite level, bro. He's literally like a little mini Jokic out there, but with a chiseled physique rather than like that doughy, like, <laughs> just got out of liposuction body <laughs> Jokic got right now. <laughs> but it's, that's the crazy thing about it. Like, to go back to my point, it's like, we got him before he was really established. Yep. And he organically just became this guy overnight. And it just seems like such a fairy tale kind of thing, bro. And after the year that both, like, this, the city of New York and just people at large had since 2020 in a pandemic... To get this kind of joy for someone that usually gives us misery and makes us jaded, as like Legion or Knicks yeah. <laughs> said we were, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, this is, bro, It's it makes my cold heart warm, bro. And <laughs> Not to get up co- totally off script, but yo. <laughs> and to double, to double down on that, we all had a really tough 2020, as did Randall, you know? And especially off the season that they had where he was shat on game after game by not just fans. He has Twitter. He sees it. Uh, by the media, by fans, a lot of people, most of us mortals, wouldn't be able to come back from that and would want to dip out of New York, you know, right away. But he did the entire opposite. He let that drive him. That's something that's that's unique. That's one of those things that the very few Thanks. can do and take that energy, the negative energy, and spin that shit and become the best version of yourself. And Randall fucking did that. That's that's a fucking movie. That's a movie right there, bro. And we're seeing so, it live yeah, in person, not in person, but we're seeing it live happening before our own eyes. The growth. I and- paid to see a thirty for thirty documentary about this next season. Like not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what it is so far. We don't know how the second half is going to be, but so Word. far, like you know how HBO has like the hard knock show where they follow a team behind the scenes and training yeah. camp shit. NFL team. I mean, we did NBA version because like we would have been the perfect team this season. You know what I mean? But yeah, I echo everything you said, bro. It's really 
I can't I can't get Beyonce and it's beautiful. <laughs> it's basketball, you know what I mean? It's a game at the end of the day, but we spend so much of our like uh fucking mental and emotional equity on this team and to get something mm-hmm. like some reward out of that right now, bro, I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> I mentioned this previously, but in my relationship with my girl, it's about to be five years. We have not been a good team. So all she's known me as 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 far as a Knicks fan is just like the jaded a bitter dude relying on tanking try, me trying to convince her like oh us losing is good <laughs> you see we're gonna we're gonna build when we lose a lot <laughs> the winning shit like the joy after wins going into games with the expectation like yo we could we could win this you know what I mean that's brand new to her it's fucking brand new to me bro i haven't felt this way in a minute i don't know about right. you <laughs> same same i yo. it's just it's just i mean not to bring it down a little bit but the minute distribution needs to improve uh, he he about this to play. This man went full wet blanket. I'm giving like the heartfelt shit going right now. <laughs> hey man, I get it. Reality, yeah. reality check. Yeah, nah. I mean, bro, it's and it's not just Randall. Everybody, top to bottom, has stepped it up big time. RJ, IQ, you name it. Frank Nilakina. We didn't mention him on the last pod. He was the reason why we beat the uh, what, who was it, the Pacers? It's been a week and I already forgot, but. I'm pretty yeah, sure it was the Pacers. Yeah, he had the game-winning steal, and uh, he had the two free throws that iced the game. Um, yes, 11 of 19 yes. from the three this season, too. But not to take away from Randall, but the, the dude deserves his flowers, and I hope he can just continue to maintain this level, and I'm ready to give the man a max contract. People are still talking about trading him at his highest value. No, we need that kind of guy on our team. Yeah, let's get into it, man. We don't, like, you willing? Yeah. Let's do yeah, it. Not, I mean, not to interject your point, but like building off that, you saw Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider, said Randall's gonna be eligible for four years, one hundred million. Fuck it. I would do that. I would like, I would just like fax that over to him, have him de- sign it on an iPad, whatever the fuck. Let him be on vacation. Send him that contract. Let's get it done. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm past the point thinking that it's a contract year, kind of fluke or anything like that, or oh, it's the COVID season, so we got to take it with a grain of salt. It's, t- I mean, say what you will, it's 35 games, but I think that's the perfect sample size because like. You know, if this was happening in a regular 82-game season, if by 41 games, you know what I mean, like he was doing this last year, we'd all say, like, yo, he's living up to the contract. So right now, he's looking like the prime candidate and a building block. You know what I mean? And RJ, too, he's really, like, since February, was it January 1st, his three-point shooting, mm-hmm. the volume is down, but the efficiency has risen exponentially. And yep. he's looking like a capable number two to Randall this season. You know what I mean? So we've got our two building blocks there. Mitch is on on the mend right now with an injury but when he comes back he was looking great too bro like it's it's looking like a positive situation all around like real talk like i didn't want to make julius randall hour but that piece is powerful bro there's there's a lot in there you know what i mean yeah and if you saw the uh the draft between lebron and kd for the all-star picks when when randall's name came up the, all those guys are giving love to the knicks including lebron he's like uh, he's like i love what the, what new york is doing over there they're doing great things. Oh, shit, so, I catch that. like, I get it when people are saying, yeah, Randall's at his highest point ever right now. Maybe it's worth looking at trades and seeing if we can get another superstar. But you want to change the culture. We, we're talking about changing the culture first, and that's what we're doing. You give a guy who's earned his max contract a max contract, that kind of changes the vibe. Everybody sees that New York isn't one of the ruthless organizations that are just going to fucking kick people off the curb. Uh, once they get a chance to, because they played a couple of good games. No, Randall's earned his money right now. He's earned his his next contract. We all work full time jobs, and we all want to make sure that our hard work is being recognized. And his his shit is being recognized with an all star, you know, position. 
and the love that he's getting from the fans. But honestly, the organization should show him some love too and give him that contract. If I'm not saying that it has to be right now, but I think if he he's able to do it, me I'm on the side of let's let's wait a couple more months. Let's see, let's let him continue to play the games that, the way he's playing it. And at the end of the season, let's give him that contract. We don't have to wait till next year. Let's do it this year. Yeah, exactly. Pick up his option in the summer, and in that same vein, like give him an extension. In fact, it could be one of those situations. I've seen it happen, like with, most recently, I think, randomly. Marcus Aldridge, he had a player option, or it's different because we have a team option, but he had a player option going into an off season, and then the Spurs they gave him an extension. It was like a it was sold as a three year extension, but what happened is they renegotiated that player option and just tacked on two years. Why not do that with Julius? You know what I mean? So just like. Give him like a three-year extension this summer. Mm-hmm. It's coming summer, and we've got him through his prime years. And then when he like, because I wanna, I think because we're in the era of player empowerment, we gotta kind of like that could we could we could sell that as like yo sign a three-year extension as opposed to four, so you could hit the market earlier. You know what I mean? Because you're you're an all-star player, you want to explore your options when you're still kind of early in your prime. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that'll be a good kind of situation for us. I'm definitely on you, bro. Like. Fuck all these people that are just even entertaining the conversation of trading Randall because he's, bro, what more do you want? You know what I mean? I can, I, people make the D'Angelo Russell comparison like, oh, you know, he had a storybook season and then the Nets didn't care about upgrading on him. I always was a skeptic about D'Angelo, especially that season. I never thought it was like, oh, he's a legitimate all-star. You know what I mean? He wasn't elevating the team. He was part of an overall great situation with the Nets that got them to a 42-41 and 41 season. Randall is literally the engine of this team, top to bottom. Like, uh, we see it on offense, obviously, but since Mitch has been out, like, yeah, Noel is pitching in like a motherfucker as a replacement center, but Randall's doing it too, bro. It, it, we're long past the point where he's like, we should question his defense because his effort is there and his game by game, he's looking more savvy as a defender. You Yo, know what I mean? like, he's you saw that? You saw that one block last game? Oh, yeah. Off yeah, the yeah, backboard? Yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> Oof. And that was after a turnover, too. Yeah. Right? I've noticed that, too. I'm noticing that this season. Mm-hmm. Anytime Randall does, like, a dumb turnover, he's just like, now nah, I'm going Terminator on defense. And he either blocks the shot or makes a great stop right after the turnover. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, to me, that's a sign of a leader. Because he's just like, oh, no, I just fucked up. I can't. If I'm trying to hold my teammates accountable, i got to show accountability, too. And he yeah. goes right back on defense and he blocks the shit out of something. You know what I mean? Yep. It's a beautiful thing. And I think he needs to be rewarded. And I think all eyes are on the Knicks, obviously, because we're a great storyline. And all eyes, meaning the players as well. They're trying to see, yo, is this a place that that has such a trash reputation? Is this a place that's going to actually, like, take care of me as a player? You know what I mean? He's got to treat their players right. Because they all probably hear the bullshit about Dolan. It's funny. I don't hear any, like, negative shit about Dolan right now when we're actually winning. That's the whole point. You know what I mean? When you win, nobody cares about how shitty the owner is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Dan Gilbert's a piece of shit. <laughs> He's a fucking uh, loan shark in real life. That's his company. He's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But nobody cared. Because they won championships or won a championship with LeBron. They was winning every season, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's the key here. And, yeah, I mean. We're, we're probably going to have to answer this question at some point. But, you know, this kind of situation kind of reminds me of Toronto and Masai Ujiri and what he did with DeMar DeRozan. Mm. The difference, well, obviously, that DeRozan had multiple opportunities. And Julius Randle, he's only just starting to percolate. Um, mm-hmm. We let's, let's move over to uh, the trade rumors we've been hearing. Not trade rumors per se, but there have been rumblings of 
players and the Knicks being connected. As always, it's not the Knicks fan who started. It's always ESPN that starts it. They, they'd be connecting Luka Doncic oh, and Devin got. Booker. And uh, a certain reporter mentioned uh, Devin Booker. So when you hear names like this, I'm not talking about Oladipo. I'm not talking about Zach Levine. I'm talking about, like, the actual superstars. I'm talking about D-Book and Doncic here. Do we want to talk about that? The source of that big rumor that's really you love him, don't you? Twitter and just that's, NBA that's, Twitter. That, that's yeah. your that's your guy. <laughs> oh my, my my guy Brian Windhorst, yo, <laughs> avid Brian Windhorst podcast listener, bro. I love just like putting on that podcast and doing some chores while I have the Mickey Mouse voice, high pitched <laughs> squealing in my ear. All right, we're here to talk about LeBron James and the Lakers. <laughs> All with me now is uh, Tim McMahon from ESPN Dallas. <laughs> he tries to get sassy with his motherfucking co-host too. I'm just like, bro. <laughs> I know they bust your chops. I know they bust your bust your chops like offline and like personally because like he uses his platform on this public shit to like kind of roast them too. But I know that don't go down behind the scenes. But yeah. anyway, he had a rumor. Brian Windhorst, you know, like a, a recognizable reporter, and yeah, I know what our a visible fans one are listening are, at that are too. thinking. You know what I mean? It's like oh, it's like a, a rehash of twenty nineteen because all these big reporters were so sure back then too. But Windhorst said. You know, he anticipates in the next 12 months, a superstar is going to, like, demand trades in New York, and he already has somebody in mind. And, you know, obviously people are throwing out theories. I think it comes down to, you know, Jay Williams, he's a dumbass, first hmm. of all, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he said it's got to be Devin Booker. His first prediction was Luka, which made no sense. This man's yep. going to be on a rookie con. He's on a rookie contract, and he's restricted. There's literally no way Dallas is going to let him leave. <laughs> zero, there's zero way he's going to, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he said Devin Booker, which I thought initially, but then reading more into it looking at the terrain and the situations phoenix is too good right now for me to anticipate booker just being like this summer like now nah, i gotta get out of here you know what i mean yeah i think it's cat you know what i mean i think that's my theory who do you think it is phoenix is second in the nba luca is again like you said on a rookie contract the timberwolves are the last team in the nba right now and they brought in delo for what they got anthony edwards number one pick for what like and they got cat and also number one pick for what like this team yes they've had a lot of injuries throughout the season uh, but they are still the worst team in the NBA they're one of the worst teams in the NBA last season like that kind of stuff doesn't do well for top notch players and they don't want to maintain you know not it's not even just mediocrity it's just terrible games and they just fired their head coach and got a new one so things aren't looking good in Minnesota right now I think cat might be the most reasonable person to believe would demand a con uh, a trade right now um and i mean he is a power forward slash center so that would that would make sense but also like what did windhorse say he said within the next 12 months somebody's going to demand a trade and new york is going to be there that that happened when the knicks were only winning 14 15 games anyway the knicks are always on a list of teams that a player is interested in no matter what so I mean, he he kept it so open ended that it's gonna be like he can't he can't come back later and be like, yeah, I told you guys, like, yeah, we all think that. Um, Thing is, though, I'm, you, yeah, you don't listen to his podcast, but he does that all the time. He'll drop some ambiguous shit that's like so ambiguous and like kind of hyper specific that when something happens, he's like, oh, that was me. I you, you see, I mean, you know, yeah. I alluded to it on my podcast. I was like, what? You did it so ambiguously and so random. There's just like, there's no way. That you could, but whatever, whatever Brian Windhorst does to like get his clout up, let him do it. You know what I mean? Because it's obviously been successful. I wish I could be the groupie of another grown man and like turn that into a multi-million-dollar career. <laughs> I could you know say, I, mean? like, I could talk. say that. I could be like, yeah, yeah. Player's going to demand a trade, and New York's going to be on that list. Yeah, yeah, AD yeah. did that the other day. Uh, Jimmy Butler did that. Like, you know, that kind of shit happens all the time. But yeah, yeah. 
I, I wouldn't even basically to go back to my question, um, if it is one of those kinds of players of that caliber, this is going to end up becoming a common question. Would you consider Julius Randle in a trade nah. for a player like you, that? At this point, no, no, no. At this stage, he's our all-star. You would bring in a guy like Cat or Booker to compliment him. Because, like, even Ian Bagley, like, I know this is, like, a subjective open-ended question, but, like, some credence to the idea of Randle being a building block. Bagley reported that, like, internally the Knicks see Randall and RJ as, the like, the untouchable guys right now. You know what I mean? Good. So the trades. And it's interesting that Mitch is in there. And I think that could be attributed to the fact that, like, Noel stepped in. He's, like, a carbon copy of Mitch without the hands. You know yep. what I mean? And he's filling in, like, at, like, at, like 80 to 85% level of what Mitch could bring. Mm-hmm. I think the Knicks front office, with the kind of power players we have in there, basketball, the smart basketball minds we have in there, they, they notice that, obviously. You know what I mean? They notice that, like... This guy that's going to want a big contract coming up, his production really just got replaced by a dude that we're paying five mil. You know what I mean? And I think with that idea, I could see Cat being the main target for them to bring Randall in. Because Randall right now, he's a point forward. Cat is probably the most gifted offensive center we got going right now, aside from Jokic and Embiid. That dude's... and You know what? I might even say Cat is more talented than Embiid and Jokic just off the fact that I've never seen a big man shooter like that, bro. That's including Dirk. Because, like... Cat, you look at his three point. Actually, yeah, you know what? Nah, that's uh, almost. I I, you're you're, you're, you're there, good though. at the the off. That's off as That kind. Of, you look at his numbers though. He's like he hasn't dropped before forty percent from three, and he's doing it at a high volume yeah. as a big man. And you watch him play. It's a quick trigger, like not like that, like set shot that every big man shoots from three. I mean, like Brook Lopez and Al Horford. Jokic like got the fucking, slowest shot in the end. Right, they look like they're firing up a catapult filled with boulders. <laughs> that's how they, yeah, that's how they shoot. But like with cat, that shit is a flick of the wrist. But shooting is part of it. But he's a playmaker, great in the post, and I think that 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 Tibbs rumor that came out recently that I like mentioned to you. I think Stefan Bondi threw it out there. I think that was strategic to put out there that Tibbs wouldn't mind coaching Cat again. And then right after that, we get this Brian, Horn, Brian Windhorst, like, yeah, Windhorst bomb, you know what I mean? This vague shit. I think it's Cat because you look at the situation. I know him and D'Angelo are boys, but D'Angelo ain't that nice anyway. And they have, they've only played five games together, you know what I mean? He, Cat's not like a dumbass, obviously. He knows He's actually incredibly like, smart. Exactly, obviously. Like, yeah. no, no shot at Cat ever like that, you know what I mean? Because off the court, he's an amazing person, it seems like. And he's been through a lot. Like, mm-hmm. shout out to him for even just, like, staying strong throughout all this. But mm-hmm. back to the basketball, though, like, Cat sees that D'Angelo's not really, like, reliable. Availability is, like, the best ability. Um, and then he sees over across the other side of the country, Randall, he's an Iron Man, basically. You know what I mean? He's a fucking Knock on uh, wood, bro. brick Knock shit on. house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you look at him, he's like a fucking superhero. Built, he's built like Atlas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the fucking Greek god or whatever the fuck. So he sees that. He sees a Kentucky connection, too. Like, that can't be understated. People focus on the CAA, Cat being a Leon Rose client, but I go back to Kenny Payne. Like, he's an amazing coach, obviously, as a big man developer, but what they say about his reputation with the with the Kentucky bigs that have come through, he literally builds a bond with them. Like, <clears throat> what was so cool is hearing Randall, I think it was in that undefeated piece that came out on ESPN, where he gave mad props to Kenny Payne. He was basically, like, recruiting Kenny Payne. As soon as he heard the rumor that, were interested in bringing him on as like a coach. Randall just kept blowing up K- KP's phone, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Yo, I'll bring a fucking treadmill in my house. You will come <laughs> to join this staff, and you will run me to like my death or some shit like that." He was literally like begging, and it happened. Yeah, and I think that connection says a lot. And I was reading like over the off season how like I think it was like a piece on the Athletic from like a college writer talking about the the impact of Kenny Payne, Kenny Payne's departure would have on Kentucky. 
he was really, really, like, prevalent in their recruiting efforts, you know what I mean? Like, right. going into these kids' homes, you know what I mean? And helping to recruit. Calipari is the showman. He's going to, like, get a lot of credit. He's a face. But KP had a role, too, especially with these big man prospects. So I think Cat has a connection to Kenny Payne. He's one of the folks that was quoted when we hired him that, like, yo, he got nothing but good things to say about him. I think that's going to play a part, bro. I think that and, like, the Kentucky guys we do have. Remember in the training camp? Nerlens was, like, it was like a family atmosphere, you know what I yep. mean? Yeah, that's big. This this Kentucky shit is like a brotherhood slash fraternity. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to be major. And the fact that we keep winning, I think maybe Cat, you know, he's been through a lot. And I know this is like a rant, but I'm ended here. I think he's been through so much to the point that like he's maybe matured enough to the point where he'll be okay with Tibbs' coaching style. Mm-hmm. I think Tibbs has kind of switched up too. Like there's some subtle differences with what Tibbs is now than what he was as a Minnesota coach. You know what I mean? He seems much more, like, at ease and laid back. You know what I mean? I think Cat being a little more mature, he'll be able to fit with Tibbs' kind of coaching style better. And I think that's that can be the, the reason why he'll demand a trade here. You know what I mean? Interesting. That's my so, take on it. You, so, you know, the actual question itself. So you're saying not Randall, but you're thinking Mitch would end up being in that trade. I think on some real shit, Randall – no, not Randall. <laughs> my bad. Um, we just <laughs> talked about Randall, but Mitch – Obi, the the Dallas pick, the 2023, because I don't think he'll demand a trade in time before this coming draft. I think we're going to end up using that pick. Maybe it happens on draft night. How about this? We do the hypothetical. It's on draft night or like this summer after the season, Cat demands a trade. Draft night comes up. I would do both Dallas picks, Mitch, Obi, and let's see. Do we, do we have like a young player, Iggy, <laughs> for Cat straight up? You know what I mean? And maybe one of our own firsts, too. So they get three firsts, they get two prospects, and they go full rebuild. They got some young players that could, like, fit around Anthony Edwards, um, let D'Angelo Russell be your vet. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> and let that be that. That's that's my take. Well, what would you give up for, for Cat? Because we kind of alternate between shitting on him <laughs> for his defense and, like, kind of give him praise to what he is as offense. But Yeah, I'm looking up generally. his contract right now. I just want to see if it will work out because – RJ is going to be due for a contract at the end of the 23-24 season. And Towns is good up until 23-24. So, wow. Um, their contracts line up. And then we won't have to re-sign Mitch, I guess. Even though I don't think Mitch would really demand a monster-sized contract. I would love to keep him. But obviously Towns is one of the best players in the NBA. It works out. Uh, what's what's Randall? Uh, so, we have to... okay. There, there are a lot of proponents to this, but if Towns ends up demanding a trade this summer, it works out because then we could decide, or the organization could decide what Randall's contract should be, and then it lines up with RJ's extension and then Towns' extension, which could be done at the same time, and they make it work because they'll be like, you guys both want to be on the team, right? We want to give you as much as we can. This is what the deal is going to be. So it'll actually work out really well, and IQ will still be in his uh rookie contract too Fuck. exactly and because we have so much cap space i think we have two almost nearly two max uh, slot cap space this summer even though this this the free agency class is looking light so that's why it makes sense if cats were to demand a trade like in this hypothetical situation like around draft time and we make the trade we still have enough to get like a, a point guard in so we could bring rose back as like a backup you know what I mean? Um, IQ, I think, will probably still be in the six-man role next year because I think that's the idea. Let him build up his primary ball handling skills with the second unit rather than throwing him to the Wolves. 
because if we get Cat in, we got enough playmaking just off him, Randall, and RJ alone. You know what I mean? So I think we could use that additional cap space money to get a point guard in here, like a solid vet point guard. I don't, I don't know what the free agent list is looking like, but somebody that could just be like a caretaker, get us into our sets. You know what I mean? And we got a squad rolling into next season. You know what I mean? And we still got IQ as a young prospect, RJ, obviously. He'll be like the third guy in this big three where I'm envisioning right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll, we'll have enough money to bring back Nerlens Noel too. Yo, exactly. And he would want to come back because, yo, let's get this Kentucky shit popping, bro. Like, <laughs> uh, when pe- when fans were getting, like, upset about that, I legit could not believe my my eyes and ears. You know what I mean? Like, Kentucky literally produces the best players in the league right now. And you're just like, Ugh, no, nepotism. <laughs> fuck that, yo. If nepotism is in our te- sports team's favor, let's do it. Like, fuck nepotism and actual, like, shit that matters. Like, politics, uh, the corporate world, like, the, and the work, CAA workforce and all that. Exactly. Like, I don't... Yo, yeah, CAA may have fucked us, like, when we when they first ran shit. But when CAA was there, we won 54 games. I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? I look back fondly on the Knicks tape era. And CAA had their fingerprints all over that shit. Mm-hmm. So, if they can get us to a point where... We got Cat and Randall, and I don't know about you, bro. That I'm thinking that might be like the most skilled front court in the league if you think about it. If we were to pair those two together, right? Like nothing else. Yeah, really comes unless to mind. Le- I mean, yeah, I was thinking LeBron for a second. But he plays point guard all the time. Never plays power. Uh, yeah, he never wants to be known as power forward. He's always yeah. a small forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Maybe, I mean, depends, because I think I read the Sixers are playing Simmons more as a power forward this season. So I guess that counts, him and Embiid. You know what I mean? But aside from them, shit, bro. Randall and Cat, like, and I'm I'm, I'm legit convinced, convinced, though, that the kind of 180 we saw from defense on Randall, I think a more mature and older Cat yeah. will be much more receptive to defensive mm-hmm. coaching than he was when he was much younger. Yep. Like back in 2016, that was five years ago when Tibbs took over Minnesota. You know what I mean? Yep. That's a big difference when you're in your like young 20s and mid-20s. Like We live in it, bro. Like yeah. I think five year, the five years ago version of me is a fucking dumbass now that I look back on it. like <laughs> That's how it works for everybody, really. <laughs> yeah, and they, we, already, we already have that established culture where everyone's working hard. If Cat comes into that, he's just going to continue it versus... Being on a team where he was a leader and he kind of just said things and and his who was his partner again Andrew Wiggins and like yeah. neither of those guys Mr. wanted to work himself. hard and then Jane Butler comes in and then he's like what the fuck's going on here? Um, Cat would be doing the opposite. He'd be going to an established culture. He just has to fit in and he's fitting in with guys he, he already knows and recognizes. He knows Kenny Payne. He knows Tibbs. Uh, he knows Leon and he just has to fit the mold and it'll be like, do you want to win games? Yes, then do this because you've been on a losing ass team for the last five years it's crazy to think that we have a possibility of getting cat now because we we talking about the 2015 draft and we're like yo we want to get cat like that he was the, the one guy. bro he was the one mm-hmm. bro she would be a lot different for our franchise and him i think legit on some real shit i think he was the big that we all hate phil but the triangle would only work with a, a big as skilled as cat was yep. you know what i mean if he came in into the triangle he would have ate put up those numbers and phil would probably still be here so it's kind of a gift and a curse but Cat was going to be the one. That was the draft that legit was just like, yo, he's a New Yorker. I mean, he's from Jersey still, but his whole family is a, bu- <laughs> is a bunch of Dominican folks that are Knicks fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're all Knicks fans. You know what I mean? Word. We were this close, bro. This fucking close. We had the worst. I think we had the worst record that season. Yeah. That's why we got the fourth yeah. pick. We had the worst record. We still got the fourth pick. Um, but at least yeah. we didn't get Okafor, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I was back then. I was talking myself into Okafor. I was like, yo, we just saw Roy Hibbert in the playoffs, man. Why not Okafor? Yeah. And Roy Hibbert don't got a job now. So, <laughs> see what I mean? Young version of ourselves are dumbasses. Yeah, we were praying. Daniel Moudier was my guy. <laughs> we were praying for Philly to take Porzingis. So, we didn't have to take Porzingis. Ended up taking Okafor, like, fuck, crying for Por- that we got Porzingis. And then that turned out really well. We got some nice trades out of him. Facts. So, it's, it's funny how life works, bro, in a roundabout way. But, yeah, I mean, back to Cat. I'm just picturing on the court itself, bro, like the kind of basketball we would see. Like, obviously, Randall is at point forward now, but yo, you talk about spacing. We go from Alfred Payton, the black hole of a jumper hmm. on, on, on point guard, to having the most gifted shooting big man in the league right now next to Randall. Our just three-point shot is getting there. We just put two shooters around that three. That's going to be the most wide-open space that we've ever seen on a Knicks like court or playing playing style ever in, in a while since our 54-win season. You know what I mean? And apparently uh, Randall's a shooter now. Apparently RJ's a shooter now. And um, exactly. we just need a wing who's solid. Yeah, I mean, shit. I don't, I don't know. Fans hate Reggie Bullock for some reason, but he is what he is. You know what I mean? Like He's, he's not a bad. Player. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a solid defender yeah. and... Yeah, he's maybe streaky with the jumper, but that's why he's a role player. Mm-hmm. That's why he's not Clay Thompson. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yo, bring him back. Maybe he's like a vet point guard. Shit, bro. Like, we cook <laughs> him with gas next season. Like, it's we funny. Have a big. It's funny how we talk <laughs> ourselves into shit. <laughs> like, no, this I mean, is a live take about how we talk ourselves into situations and start just. I mean, it's, no, it's, a, it's a hypothetical thought experiment. <laughs> let's see, let's try to defend ourselves right now. We're just talking <laughs> hypothetically, people. Like, I'm but, just going back, circling back yeah. to Windhorse. I'll believe it when I see it. That's my take on it because there's too much PTSD from 2019 left over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's too fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we could actually put ourselves in this kind of position itself is uh, pretty great. And shout again, shout out to Scott Perry for helping put the Knicks in that kind of position where we have two different directions we can go into the Knicks can continue being the way they are right now and play as well as they've been or you know put some trades together we have a ton of draft picks we have a ton of cap space the Knicks are in a very good position right now and like I was thinking the other day D Rose um went through two or three monster surgeries had some crazy injuries but if you look at that squad that he came out of when he had that injury 2010 2011 he and Taj are like the only players who are still playing, and and Jimmy Butler obviously. Like he's made, yeah. he's made it through all that, and he's still like he's still one of the only players on that roster from just a decade ago still in the NBA playing relatively solid minutes. That's crazy. Yeah, and I think he's in COVID protocols right now. But yo, I hope like as a team as a whole, they rest up this week, this All Star break. You know what I mean? Um. I just hope Randall isn't too fatigued coming back because he's actually participating All Star Weekend, so he's gonna have less of a break than the other team, other you know, uh, team members. But I hope he rests up, comes back energized, and we hit this second half of the schedule hard because I saw, um, I think maybe an article yesterday saying like our first half of the schedule was like one of the ten easiest, but then this this one coming up, we're in like the top fifteen and like strength of schedule, like the second half of the season, so. Mm. Our team got to be ready, and it's good that we built up the momentum, some goodwill in the first half, so that we could hit it strong with the second half. And yeah, I hope when Mitch gets back, it's gonna be a game changer. You know what I mean? Like for the team, like currently, currently as we speak, because he really like I think he needed like a strong veteran presence. We talk about like his discipline issues with fouling. He needed a guy like Kenny Payne in his ear, because we see it. We saw it in the limited doses. I keep going back to like when DeAndre was here. 
when he met with Rashid that one or uh, two times when he was around the team, he came out after those kind of situations, like playing better or playing better in that situation. So I think Kenny Payne deserves a lot of credit, obviously, yeah. as a big man coach. And Mitch, obviously, himself deserves credit. But you know, as far as conditioning goes, <laughs> we saw in the Players' Tribune article that Randall, the way he was training, he was training to play all 82 plus, pay- plus playoffs. Like that was his that was his mindset in the summer, and that's how he trained too. So that was music to my ears, and I nice. think that kind of mindset is instilled on the rest of the team. Um, and obviously, Tibbs has that. Tibbs is in Fizdale. Tibbs is in Mike Miller. He has that playoff experience. D Rose has that playoff experience, and Todd does too. They know what it takes to be conditioned for the playoffs. So they're gonna make sure everybody else, you know, also knows it. I think. When you think about the rest of the team, most of those guys have never made the playoffs, including Randall. Um, yeah, I mean, Bullock, maybe Bullock at some point made it. I feel like he was on the Clippers in the Lob City era. Was he? He was their draft pick. Yeah, because he got drafted 2013. I remember, this is like one of those random tidbits you remember as a Knicks fan. I remember I wanted him over Tim Hardaway Jr. in the 2013 draft. Mm. So, it's ironic he's on our team now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he was. De- I think he was there. He didn't play much, but, yeah, definitely it's like a bunch of newbies on the team. We know Alfred Payton. Definitely never has been in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> that is not a playoff player. Yep. Um, RJ obviously the young kids never obviously haven't been. So yo, it's gonna be some, it's gonna be some mentorship going on if we do make it to the playoffs. Knock on wood. You know we got a playing tournament. It's looking good, but you know all it takes is injuries and what have you, right? So yep. I think you know having D Rose there, we refer to him as a former icon, and obviously to your point, Taj, coming with that experience as well. It's it's got there. It's gonna be almost like priceless the kind of experience and tutelage they're going to bring to the young team johnny Randall, o- you know what I mean? johnny o'brien too he he's oh, seen shit. what it took for dame iron man dame and uh donovan mitchell will be playing a lot of minutes too he knows what it takes and obviously tibbs and um this is gonna be this could be kenny payne's first playoffs which is funny and mike woodson obviously has a has a pretty good amount of playoff experience Yo, we were offline just reminiscing about the Knicks tape era, 2012-2013. I do think it's dope that we got Woodson and Tibbs, two guys from the last time we were as a successful as a franchise, are here now, you know what I mean? So not only are the players getting, like, coaching technique-wise, they're probably hearing it all the time, just, like, what it takes, you know, the magic is in the work, what it takes to actually get to the playoffs cause, and, you know, perform like a, like a respectable team in New York. Because in the 90s, Tibbs is part of that, obviously, and obviously Woodson, head coach of that 54-win team. So I think that that kind of experience is in, invaluable. You know what I mean? Fuck, man. The key word in this, this year's Knicks is vindication, honestly. Top to bottom, Bro. coaches, players, fans, fan base, team, record, front office, vindication all around this season. So far, at least in the first half, knock on wood. Let's keep it going. Yo, and, bro, it's just like – Nick's Twitter, bro, we got the receipts. Like, mm-hmm. vindication in so many regards. Because, like, we're making people delete tweets left and right. Yeah. As soon as they <laughs> yeah, got Woj right. and De'Aaron Fox, I keep coming back to it. That's just funny as shit, bro. An NBA player and the top NBA reporter were just like, no, we don't want the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. All right. So, I think that about wraps it up, unless you had any other thing you wanted to talk about. Um, today's episode. We're gonna talk about the NBA a little bit at large. It's been a minute since like we gave our NBA hot takes to our loyal listeners. You know what I mean? Anything? Yeah, what do we, what do we that's got on your mind? You want to talk about? Because mm. a good bit has happened since we talked about the league at large. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are 29 other teams going through their own storylines. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> I got some. 
Yeah. Okay. Or, or, or you want to take it? Good, 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 good. Now I was going to say, Blake, uh, the latest uh, headline right here is Blake Griffin is expected to sign with the Brooklyn Nets, which would be huge for them. And not much on defense, but, you know, offense-wise, should they should be, I guess, even better <laughs> on their team. Yeah, I mean, shit. They'll have three superstars right now, and if they get Blake, that's five guys on the roster that got all-star accolades on their resume. Mm-hmm. And they still ain't getting one-tenth of the clout in New York that the Knicks is. For real. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, hats off to them. Like, I'm not a believer in their playoff hopes. I think L.A., when they turn it on in the finals, they'll be... They'll, they'll have Brooklyn on lock, but yeah, I think Brooklyn. I, I think I think the main thing Blake wants to go to Brooklyn for is because his boy DeAndre's there. They was like best That's buds, true. Lob City era. You know what I mean? So he go there, be a backup power forward. But he's definitely not what they need. Yeah, they need defenders and defenders. Really, that's all it is. Just get a bunch of like grimy dudes that just will like, you know, defend for their lives as if like their lives depend on it, as if like they need to put put food on their family's uh, table. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> that's you know that's probably what it is, but. I don't know. I guess they want name recognition, you know. Um, shout out, shout out to, go with the, shout out to yeah, Blake Griffin, ahead. though. He's, he's getting that buyout, and then he's going to get money on top of it for joining another team. Like, that's the fucking come up. That's, that's, I'm, I'm so jealous of that. I wish I could do that. Facts, facts. And the thing is, the funny thing about that, though, he literally gave up $13 million. He gave up $13 million to leave the city of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it was that depressing. He's like, please, no, nah, I don't want it. Like, you take it. You want some more? You want me to get even 15? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's funny. But, yeah, good for – NBA is crazy, bro. Once a star gets to a level where it's just like, yeah, he's kind of washed, but not totally washed yet, let's just buy him out. It happened yep. with D-Way, too, remember, before he got back to uh, his, um, his, his one last run with Miami. Mm-hmm. So. It'd be cool, though, if Blake went back to uh, the Clippers. I don't know how much they need. I think they need a point guard more, but his playmaking could help. But I think that relationship, that bridge has been burned. You know what I mean? They put his raft, his, they put his jersey up in the imaginary rafters to, like, keep him, make him sign, and they sent his ass to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Cruel, bro. But, yo, what I was so eager to jump in with was, yeah. like, the disrespect the Utah Jazz got on All-Star uh, uh, night, the yeah. draft night, and just online and just as a whole, it warmed my heart because fuck Utah as a state, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But also, like, their players are dorks. Rudy Gobert is an, is an established dork, you know what I mean? And Donovan Mitchell, I think he gets a lot of heat. He's a great player, but he seems kind of like a try-hard, like, corny kind of dude. I don't want to be the one to say it. He seems like a good dude, but he seems, like, too good. I, I do think he's a good dude in real life, but it's just like that persona. It's just like, yo, you're representing Utah. You got Utah on your chest. Come on now. You, you call yourself a jazz. You ain't got no jazz in Utah. What the fuck? You know what I mean? So I, it just warmed my heart. It was just funny as hell. It was literally just like they, there was the last two picked in the draft, and LeBron said it flat out. I was like, yo, no slander, but nobody cares about Utah. <laughs> he said that basically, paraphrasing obviously. He's like, nobody played with Carl Malone and Stockton in the video games. That's a That's major shot. <laughs> That's mad funny. He said that whole country watching, every NBA player probably watching. That's so funny. The, the face number, of the league. The number one team in the NBA right now. In yeah, and in the face of the league, the biggest name in the sport was just like, eh, y'all cute. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but nobody cares. You said you said he so needs someone funny. to you said he needs someone to crash boards and body up people and you got Rudy Gobert on the board, he's like, nah, I'm gonna go with Sabonis. <laughs> Yo, he was like, like yeah, the I need size. I need size. And he just completely overlooks a seven foot five guy with an eight foot wingspan. That's funny. That's when I knew, yo, this is this Trolling is like intentional. at its finest. Shout out to LeBron James. 
Yo, and I saw uh, a Utah Jazz blog. I'm not gonna name because no free plugs. And you know, like I said, fuck the Jazz. He was like, oh, we need to like the Jazz and our fan base needs to embrace the villain role. You can't be a villain if nobody takes you seriously. Y'all are like the dorks of the NBA. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just embrace the Steve Urkel role and be embrace being a punchline. Cause it's funny because they a lot of the like the pushback I see against Jazz fans like in the online space is because they just gas up Rudy Gobert to the point where he's he was underrated for a bit and I always said how casual fans would disrespect him because they don't understand defense but Jazz fans are just like yo Rudy Gobert is an all-star because he's amazing on offense because he has so many screen assists hmm. do you know what a screen assist is it's literally a screen that leads to an assist or hmm. a score yeah and they're like yo Rudy Gobert amazing nobody pays to watch that shit bro <laughs> who the fuck cares about screen assists there's a certain point. I, I dig analytics. I dig data because data is makes any industry go around. You know what I mean? You need data to like make smart, informed decisions. But screen assist, my man. <laughs> the, the funny thing is that I think this whole thing came the day after Donovan Mitchell was crying about the refs costing him the game. And he's like, this is <laughs> fucking ridiculous. And he was just crying about it. Like, I, not that I disagree with him. I didn't even see the play itself, but... You know, we were just crying. We were just talking about the refs uh, like a little while ago, but it's just funny that he was crying about it and he got ejected, and then they're just like, "Nah, fuck you guys. We're not gonna pick any of you." That's gotta be cruel. And it's like a year after, and it's like a year to the day uh, since Rudy Gobert fucking touched all the mics and all that. That's a joke to the coronavirus, and he got tested positive almost to the day. March 11th was the day that they shut the NBA down, and today's the sixth. So. Oh, it was almost a year ago when Rudy Gobert got tested positive for Corona for being an idiot. That's got to be tough, man. That like, not only did they confirm that the refs don't respect them, but the players and fans don't respect them either. Yeah. That's like all angles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, man. I, I like I like Mitchell. I like Mitchell. I don't think that. Oh no, yeah, definitely. The, I'll, I'll, he's yeah. a nasty player. I'd love to have him. Rudy Gobert. We think our own Mitchell Robinson should try to emulate his game, but just the city itself and. Rudy Gobert to an extent are just annoying. Yeah, you know Vernon Maxwell, ex NBA player. Yeah, he's on Twitter every day just shitting on Utah mm-hmm. because they're wild racist. Like, because he played yeah. there and he saw firsthand how racist the fans are and shit. Like, and he's sick of it. He's literally just like, if he's <laughs> when the All Star draft happened, he put he tweeted some shit. He's like, yo, if y'all Utah fans are so upset about getting respect, the first thing y'all should do is just burn y'all jerseys. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just burn them ugly ass jerseys if you want some yeah. respect. Like, damn man, tell it like it is. Shit. That was funny. Um, what are the storylines are there? Lloyd Pierce lost his job. Thoughts? Yep. Um, he does not deserve to have a job because he has a pretty solid lineup and he's not putting it together. He got he got one of the best young point guards in the NBA right now, and Trey Young got him looking goofy on the court. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich just came back, but he's only scoring two points a game. Um, mm-hmm. not literally, and he got John Collins, uh, a guy who could be an All Star, but he's not playing him to his max capacity. And they got Clint Capella, who is nasty on the court, and they still lose in so many games. They're one. I don't think they're a top ten. They they might be like the tenth or eleventh seed right now, when they should really be a top five or six seed, as everyone expected earlier in the season. Or at the yeah, start the, of the one season. thing that always sticks in my head is what you said, like the Knicks. Like you tweeted this once from our account, but like yeah, yeah. the Knicks are basically what everybody thought the Hawks would be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And shit man i guess like i kind of feel for the dude because off the court he seemed really like a huge part of like the atlanta community you know what i mean and he did a lot especially during the election year to like mm-hmm. 
you know, help turn Georgia blue. Wow. But on the court, like, I feel like devil's advocate, there were a lot of injuries uh, for the Hawks this season. You know what I mean? Uh, Gallo got hurt. Uh, Bogdanovich been out since, like, January, I think. Yeah. I think that needs to be considered. DeAndre Hunter been out for, like, a month and a half, and he was having, like, a breakout year. But it's also, like, I read Trey Young just hated his guts. Like, it got to the point where they, he did not fuck with them. And for any coach, when it comes down to the star player not fucking with you, you're, it's a wrap. You know what I mean? It's happened with Tibbs and Cat. This is just a classic story. So, I don't know, man. I kind of... Maybe people just have too many high hopes for Trey Young, you know, because they were so certain he'd be a, he'd be able to lead a playoff team. But do you remember how talented of an offensive player Kyrie was as a young player? You know what I mean? Yep. And the Cavs didn't go anywhere. It might be that kind of situation where he needs to be, like, the number two option to a true number one for for the team to really get elevated. But maybe it's too early to say. But not doubting his talent, That's an though, interesting you know point. I mean? Um... Yeah, I was gonna say Victor Oladipo is another name that's been circulating for a little bit. Apparently, the Knicks are monitoring him, uh, and I think he's been long linked to the Miami Heat. Obviously, he was with the Pacers earlier this season, and then went to the Rockets, and he could be a move. He could be on the move again. The Rockets released Demarcus Cousins there because they're trying to go on the younger route. So Oladipo doesn't really fit that timeline. I'm surprised John Wall is playing as well as he has been um, on that team. That's but, a crazy story. Yeah. Two years away with the two worst injuries a player could have, and he's coming back maybe not looking exactly like himself, but he's looking like a really good point guard. So mm-hmm. props to John Wall for that, you know what I mean? But, yeah, Rockets look like they're in the tank. Um, they definitely probably want to at least get something for Oladipo. You saw they offered him an extension, and he turned it down. Two years, 45 mm-hmm. mil. Is he expecting more than that? Because that's wild if he is. Like, I would want to stay away from him. The only reason I would entertain Oladipo is if we could buy low, because I think he right now... He may not be the all-star he was like three years ago, but I think he's still like there's still like a good player there. And if we kind of just you know, I wouldn't give, give him more bit. than twelve mil for two seasons. Yeah, at this point, I would give him a one-year deal because I I, I got to see you stay healthy, bro. You know what I mean? True. He hasn't played a full season in like three years, and even when he was healthy before his big injury, he was not looking like the dude he was a year prior. It was yeah. literally just one year, that one year in Indiana where he looked like, oh shit, Oladipo figured it out. Because I remember what I like those shit. I don't know, this might be a bad note to end on, but the shit people were saying about Oladipo back then, they're saying about Randall right now. Like, oh, we've never seen, like, a player blow up like this. He's out of nowhere, you know what I mean? I think what Randall's doing right now is more legit, though. Oladipo, a lot of it was just, like, some shooting, like, fluky sh- Oh, shit, damn it. Oh, damn. God damn it. the comparison right Yo, there. Yo, you... God damn it, why... And no, Oladipo, bro, nah, Oladipo all, he was a all, small guard. It all went down when he, once he got injured and he couldn't come back. He, he came back and couldn't go back to the level he was before injury. Yeah. But then again, he I'm telling you, bro, his production declined even before he was injured. Like, he came back the next season. He was just like, oh, shit, you're not shooting hot no more. Teams can't. I thought, teams I thought it was a different timeline. I thought he was playing hot, got injured, came back, and wasn't playing at that level. Um, no, no, no. So 2017, 20, uh, 2017 season, he, that was the year he broke out in Indiana. 2018, he came back. He wasn't looking as efficient. Then mm-hmm. he got hurt uh, midway through that season, 2019, when it all went to shit. Really? Okay. And now I we're thought here. it was different. Yeah. Um, yeah, it killed us off that way, but that's why I even did. I even was like, said like over the summer, like yeah, I would not trade for this dude. Because at that point, I was still assuming it would take like a first round or second rounder, but he had a, hard, he had a hot start with Houston, but looking at his numbers, he really did fall off. And But that's why I think... If we do pursue him, if we're monitoring him, like, I'd give up, like, what, Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock in a second 
for Oladipo because he would essentially take their role, but he's like a more talented player. He'd probably give you better shot creation than Burks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think he could be like that third scorer next to RJ and uh, Julius. You know what I mean? That could kind of consistently bring it. And, you know, if we make that playoff push, I think he would help. And I wouldn't mind giving up anything really for him as a rental because, yeah, fuck it. Let him go to Miami. We'll get some cap space. And we could, I don't know, trade for cat. <laughs> Going back to our <laughs> hypothetical. What do you think? Yeah, I'm How much not... would you give up for Oladipo at this stage? Not... I think those two guys and maybe like Bullock and uh, Burks and maybe like a second rounder at most. What about Knox? People are down on Knox still. What do you think? You're saying those three guys and Knox? I mean those two guys and Knox uh, plus second rounder? Let's say Burks and Knox and second rounder. Would you do that? Probably because, like, I know last season we were trying to keep the Knox hopes alive, but the difference, and we, we always alluded to Frank as an example of why you should be more patient on be more patient on a player. And I'm being patient with Knox, but Frank at least showed capability on the defensive side. Knox, I'm not really quite sure what he shows he's capable of. Like, he can't do anything at a fairly high level. You know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't drive in on guys. He can't pass the ball. He occasionally can shoot the ball a couple of times. He has a nice form, sure. He has good height. Uh, he has good potential, maybe. But he hasn't shown really anything on the court for me to be like, yeah, he could be really good at this. Maybe shooting, but maybe corner threes he could be good at. But that's it. You know what I mean? Like he's not. He should. Yeah. He's not built to be a, just a spot up shooter. He should be doing so much more than just that. Steve Novak is built to be doing spot up shooting from the corners all the time. But Knox is not that guy. He should be able to drive in on guys and dunk on them. But he's too timid. Yeah. My thing is, uh, I don't want to give up. I wouldn't give up Knox for Oladipo just because I want to see Knox with another year with this coaching staff. Because I think, you know, we talked about how raw Frank was coming into the league. I don't think raw, like, I don't think Frank was as raw as Knox because Frank came in with an established kind of skill. Like people even said in defense. France, he's known for his yeah. defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Knox was just like it's all theoretical, and our front office is like got gassed from a, a, a workout he had against the Bridges twins, you know what I mean, where he cooked both of them. Mm-hmm. And that's when Fizdo was like, yeah, that's my guy. He's, he's little-blowing these dudes. And both those the, both the Bridges brothers are outplaying him, you know what I mean? Uh, Shy Gilgis, obviously, is, a, is the name that a lot of people say. But that's revisionist history because back then nobody was talking about him. It was either like we were looking for a wing, you know what I mean, because we had yeah. just drafted Frank. It made sense to prior. draft him, yeah. Exactly. And – um. Apparently, like, we weren't connected to him, but at the time, it was literally Mick- Michael Bridges or Mikhail Bridges, mm-hmm. uh, Miles Bridges or Knox. That was the three, and we went with the youngest, most potential one. So I want to give him a year with this coaching staff, with Johnny Bryant, with Kenny Payne, and, you know, et, ce- et cetera. And, you know, I think we lose some shit about context because I, somebody brought it up. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but it, they were just like, Knox played mostly football in high school until, like, late in his high school career when he switched mm-hmm. over to basketball, which was, like, 16 17, you know, got a, he was a five-star prospect, went to Kentucky, and he was raw then, he was raw, like, you know, when he, when we drafted him, he was still relatively young as a ball player, so I think that needs to be considered, we've seen flashes, really, though, you know what I mean, like, Summer League, we were hyped for a reason, because we were all just like, oh, okay, like, the efficiency isn't there, but you've seen the skills, you know, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of it is confidence, and I think that will come with, uh, being under his coaching staff for a little more. You know what I mean? I think for, for a player that's like quote unquote timid, for them to be confident, they need to be confident in their preparation. You know what I mean? If I know going into like a work meeting that I'm prepared, I did my shit, I, then the presentation itself won't be as daunting. You know what I mean? I won't be as like, 
uh, scared to perform or unable to perform because I know I did the prep. And I think that's the kind of mentality that Tibbs has brought. And I think it's going to rub off on Knox. Because I wasn't worried about RJ with Tibbs. We go back to the whole character thing. RJ's built different, yeah? Like, he's literally like a stone-cold killer. So I wasn't worried about him adjusting to the coaching staff. Knox... This is the first time in his NBA career he's actually legit getting coached. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think I want to give him more time in there. And frankly, I think any player that's on his rookie deal, I think we we should always see them through unless it's like a superstar opportunity. You know what I mean? If it's like Bradley Beal, then yeah, throw Knox in there. But Oladipo, though, nah. You know what I mean? That's fair. I'm not a big Knox fan. I don't want to come off as like a Knox stan. I'm still in that show-and-prove like mentality because – potential can only get you so far you know what i mean yeah you gotta actually I, sell some yeah no i agree with you either I, I don't think either of us are really that high of victor oladipo either we already have rj barrett i, I don't see i don't yeah. really see what victor oladipo is going to bring to us i'd rather see us maybe go for a wing instead because that's really what we need um and i think he could be like a shooting guard you know what i mean who? um because i'm thinking in my head if we do get oladipo in this buy low situation Peyton's out of here because then he could take those Peyton possessions which could open up more for think RJ that. to get more possessions. You'd think that, but for some reason, Tibbs loves Peyton. Like, he came back from injury straight to the starting spot. Low-key, I think, I don't know who mentioned it, but I think, conspiracy theory-wise, these injuries always pop up at certain moments when another player, people are, like, having questions about their fit in the rotation. I think they literally, like, you know, just sit certain players, give them an injury designation to see how another player would fit in the rotation. You know what I mean? Frank, Rivers... We just saw Peyton sit out. I didn't see him get hurt in that game, that last game, and the next game it turns out he has a hamstring issue. There's no mention of it on the broadcast and suddenly hamstring issue. You know what I mean? I, like, don't get me wrong. I think Mitch's injury is legit, but I think it's little, these little, like, small injuries that pop up out of nowhere, I low-key kind of do believe that conspiracy theory that's going around that the Knicks are being strategic about it because they have so many players and they want to evaluate how they fit in the tip system. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think I could see, like, they were trying to see, okay, what would happen if we put Rose as a starting point guard? Will it be that much of an improvement? And then our offense took off, you know what I mean? Like, our offense looked a lot smoother and better without Peyton. And I think the front offices did that for a reason. Because they probably hear, you know, fan, the whole fan base is like, oh, get Peyton out of here. So maybe Tibbs in the front office are like, yo, let's test it out then. Let's see what a IQ and Rose point guard rotation will look without Peyton there. And we, I think it's great so far, you know, aside from that Spurs game. But I knew going in, yo, fucking the Spurs are going to whoop our ass. They're overprepared ass fucking motherfuckers, bro. Greg Popovich, he always has them playing like it's game seven of the finals, which I respect. You know what I mean? Like, man's the goat. Yeah. Any other yeah. NBA news or? I think I react? think that's it. Um, again, All Star Game is Sunday, and uh, yeah, our very own Julius Randle will be playing. So make sure if you're listening to this that you watch our guys. Show out tomorrow. We got oh, and our shout out to R.J. Barrett who was named in the right in the Rising Stars uh, I said roster, that top, right? Or no? Did yeah, we? Never mind. We get I feel like I feel yeah, like we talked about IQ not being on it. We didn't really actually we think we failed to mention that our that R.J. Barrett's in it. Uh, so oh, he's no, I in it. I was just like yo, R.J. He didn't make the rookie team, but he's a rising star. Ah, uh, yes, 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 You're correct. But um, yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt to emphasize that young man getting his recognition. Shout mm-hmm. out to R.J. Yep. And, um, yep, Obi Toppin, Slam Dunk Contest, Julius Randle Skills Contest Challenge, and Julius Randle in his first All-Star game. Next game that the Knicks are playing, I believe, is next Saturday. Let me double-check that. (laughs) 
It is Thursday <laughs> against the Bucks. Damn, that's that's pretty soon after the. Hopefully, Randall gets enough rest. Damn. Uh, so they got a game yeah, Thursday, I mean, Saturday, Saturday, and then Monday. So one game between against Thursday the against the Bucks. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, they're gonna want to come back and like make a statement against us because we beat them. Remember mm-hmm. that was early on before it was established. We were like uh, an up and coming, disciplined, uh, good team, quote unquote. Back then, we were still like you know trying to prove that we weren't garbage. So I think they'll definitely. You know, we'll definitely have their attention this time because I think we hit them in their mouth when they wasn't looking last time. They wasn't prepped. Now they know, okay, they got an all-star. They're playing hard defense. We're going to actually attack this matchup. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get blown out by them. Yeah, the first set of games are going to be pretty tough. We got the Bucks. We got the Thunder, who who were one of those teams that blew out the Knicks on Saturday. Then we got Brooklyn on Monday and Philly on Tuesday, back-to-back days. Brooklyn and Philly. Then we got the Magic on on that Thursday, the 18th, and then Philly again on the 21st. So that's just the first six games I'm looking at. Um, those That back-to-back between Brooklyn and Philly is going to be tough as hell, to say the least. All I know is Tibbs is locking himself in the, in the practice facility, and he's not leaving. You know what I mean? He's going to mm-hmm. have like 12 cups of coffee a day, grinding game tape, eating game tape, just like cutting it with a fork, just like ingesting that shit. You know what I mean? And he'll have the guys prepared, hopefully. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Hopefully by then, Rose is back and Mitch is back. Because if we're going to attack that schedule, we need all our guys, bro. That shit is looking scary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, shout out to the Knicks for killing it this this first half of the 2020-21 season. And uh, let's, let's keep it going. If you guys are listening to us for the first time, we appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe on all podcasting platforms. And you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Nickish Show, where we have a new guest every Wednesday or Thursday uh, for a segment we call Nickish at Night. We're bringing a new guest to talk about the NBA and the Knicks. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us a DM. Let us know you're trying to get on our show, and we'll make sure we schedule you in. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure what our schedule is looking like this week with the Knicks not playing for the next four days, but um, just make sure you follow us on all social media and you'll always know when we drop an episode um until next time make sure you take care stay safe wear a mask get vaccinated if you can and um do your taxes don't forget about that yeah there's that too um i gotta do that and that's about it until next time peace peace